This person has made a big impact on our life. Have really learned a lot from her. All right, somebody get me out of here. <laughs> no, we've had our own little counseling in this whole thing. This has been quite the counseling session. <laughs> I hope you've learned a lot. We've definitely benefited from this. <laughs> you we. See Did you see that? Yeah, uh, and I just said we. Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. And today we have a great interview, a fun one for you uh, with our friends, Tara and Wes. I feel like if they lived in Atlanta, we would probably hang out with them. I think so. Yeah. I think so. We're going to just call them like friends. Oh, yeah, sure. Now, we go way back. Yeah, yeah. We're friends. And then um, so then one day, if it ever happened, we're already labeled friends. So it'll just like naturally work. Yeah. So before we get to the interview... <laughs> I do have to give you your one shining moment. Yes, I was hoping. I was hoping this would come up. Okay, let me tell you guys. I don't even need Jeff to give me my one shining moment. I'll just let you all hey, know what happened. I can't I can't confirm nor deny whatever she says cuz she tends no, to exaggerate. No, 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 moments. no. Listen up, guys. Jeff and I have a battle. Every year that we have been married. I feel like we've talked about this March on the Madness. podcast. Have we, we ever talked about it? I don't know. I'm mm. not sure. But maybe we have every year in March. Probably have. If our podcast was the last five years. This might, this honestly, Andre, this might be the most excited you've ever that been. I have won <laughs> the last four out of five years. Oh, um, okay, guys. So we battle every year. March Madness. One-on-one. My bracket against Jeff's bracket, and well, actually, it's a whole family bracket. Well, now, yes, but the I'm last saying we've been doing this for 21 years. And those of you that don't know what 21. March Madness is, it's college, college basketball. It's what it's my favorite thing to do to watch to be a part of. I've always loved college basketball. It's like it takes me to another place. So I like to invite. Andre into my hobby and favorite things uh, once a year. And yeah, and get to share that with, I get to share it with you. Right. Yeah. So he starts this whole thing with me because he actually just wants me to watch it with him. And so he's like, well, if I make it a competition, then maybe Andre will play with me and watch with me. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. Which obviously over and the last 20 now years. He just really regrets it because I'm just killing him, people. I'm killing it. Over the last 20 years, I've taught her everything I know. Let's be honest. So the score is, <laughs> I this year, I am now up by four years, four points, four years, 12 to eight. And if the math doesn't add up because that equals 20, remember there was a COVID year that we missed. So... That equals 21, and I am winning. It's going to take Jeff so long to catch up. I mean, I feel like, do you want to give up? Are no. you done? Is that why you keep saying that this is a family thing now? Because you, you're admitting defeat? I feel like we've transitioned in this. It's like, what? I feel like you've been counting. I kind of take it one year at a time. Just live in the present. Are you singing? <laughs> You're trying to sing the one shining moment. I don't think I even know song. the song. Honestly, this year, neither one of us actually did good. You won, but like the well, tournament the, was crazy. The tournament was crazy. Anyway, but you guys, all that to okay, say. Do we, we have it on record online for the whole world to hear how bad I'm beating Jeff. All right? Yeah? Yeah? I'm, yeah? You know, I'm glad I could give you that moment. Yes, and yeah. especially because this is our last season, I felt like this needed to be recorded for all. And I didn't even bring it up to you. So you truly did gift me this moment. I, I gifted you this yeah. win. And I thank you. No, not the win. Yeah, the win. The moment. I, I, the moment on air. <laughs> okay, we got to go back to this interview today because it was really good. I felt like these two were just Crazy, brutally honest and vulnerable, vulnerable yeah. with their story and had a lot to just share with us. I, I just want you to listen for two things. Uh, let's listen for 
America's Funniest Videos. Oh, yeah. And 75 Hard. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more. Uh, so we're interviewing today. That sounded today. kind of inappropriate. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I like it. That's why I did it. Okay, so today we've got Tara and Wes Wages. Wes owns a video production company called Armosa Studios. And Tara is the CEO of Connection Codes. And Connection Codes is like a marriage and couples, I don't know, like a organization organization that helps couples, especially if they're experiencing a lack of intimacy, a cycle of miscommunication, or any unresolved conflict. Oh, that's like basically everyone that listens to our podcast. Oh, that's like all of us. Yeah. So everybody <laughs> should go and look at connectioncodes.co um, because they just got a lot of resources. Um, they're family therapists and sexologists and all this stuff. So they're like, they're knowledgeable. They know their stuff. And mm-hmm. they've been doing this for, uh, I think they've been married for 40 years, the people who started this. So right. y'all should check it out. But that's not, just so that's, you know, that's not Tara and Wes. Tara leads the organization. Yes. And, and and her and her husband, who we interviewed, they 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 previously had their own podcast. They've been on a journey themselves. They're very honest about their struggles in marriage, and that's what I love about and this their podcast. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. Without further ado, Tara and Wes wages. All right. Well, let's start with hearing. Your love story. How do the two of you find each other and fall in love? Um, yeah. Tira found me at a bowling alley. <laughs> I found West Wages at a bowling alley. I looked up and this man was in an orange polo across the way. And I knew instant, like instantly that, that I was in love with him and he was my husband. And I know that sounds crazy to people that didn't experience that, but it was like, almost like a physical reaction. Like my heart flipped open. It, it truly, like I felt it in my body. And I didn't- It's probably the khaki shorts and Ralph Lauren shirt. <laughs> Love that you know polo I mean? shirt. Time, it was right? pretty popular. Back so. in the day, yeah. back in the day. In the, oh yeah, 2005. Yeah. And um, so I couldn't talk to him that night because I was wearing a, you know, a tie-dye t-shirt and no makeup, you know? And you so, could have, but- But we essentially eventually met through a friend and- had that like fairy tale notebook romance of a summer, and then he broke up with me. <laughs> oh, at the end why, of the summer. Why was the break? It was a summer fling. It was. It was. <laughs> well, that's what that was part of the Notebook movie that I watched. I don't know what everybody else is talking about. Tara's but, so. like, I'm marrying him, and he's like, that was cool. It was a fun summer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. So I mean, we were young. We were young, and we needed to work on some things. I had some just like issues within myself, some insecurities that I needed to figure out and work out. And he just was doing the young college guy thing. And I said, go figure out all those things and then come back to me. <laughs> no, you didn't. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just wasn't ready to be married. Is I think that's the thing I said, which no, I know. No, no, no. Okay. That actually is upsetting for me. Yeah. And I was, I never talked about marriage to him. I didn't tell him I loved him. I was trying to keep my insides as cool as possible. You know, like I was trying to play it cool, even though I knew he was my husband. Mm. And so, but he must have felt something. He must have known something. Oh, 100%. She was marriage material. Well, I I felt it in me. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, this is going quick. Mm. I see. Uh, so said, you you all went yeah. to like separate colleges or you moved together to college? Oh, we met I, at college. In college. Oh, yeah. okay. You're in college together. Okay. Yes. And we went to University of North Alabama where we also know BT Harmon. Yes. And so then we became best friends a year later and I knew if he ever asked me out again, he would marry me. And he asked me out again. We were married a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you stayed friends. You broke up and stayed friends. We became friends a year later. No, I had oh. to like, this Facebook was brand new in my space. I had to like take him out of the top eight. I had to block okay. him on Facebook. Like I was in a lot of pain, <laughs> you know. In fact, he was the drummer for our like worship service, our college worship service. And I would have to go in and just close my eyes immediately. So I would not look at him while we were, I was trying to worship Jesus, you know. Oh, wow. So, 
it was really rough. It was really dark, but I grew a lot. And so it was needed. Yeah. Yeah. But he was the first person to show me like what was possible in the world Hmm. and like believed in my dreams and believed like, Tira, you want to do these things, like do it. And so it was just, he was someone I had never met before. Hmm. And it's just been easy ever since, right? Just no, no challenges at all, or no challenges just the at fairy all. tale <laughs> continues. Yeah, we have four children, and it's the it's a breeze. We <laughs> run business, together, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we have our own business. I mean, yeah, all been a breeze since fifteen years in. Yeah, um, it has not just been kidding. picture perfect. I was a photographer. He was did video, and we traveled the world. Went to almost thirty countries together. And just had this like incredible season of life. And then we started having babies and business got hard. Life got hard. I had a loss of identity. Wes was going through some like personal things. I've realized in marriage that if you put me and Wes Wages in a box forever, we would be great. Like we could live happily together. It's when you start putting other elements of life into that box with us that we... It's, it's hard. It became really mm. difficult. Mm. And we were just like in this dark season, I guess. And I was asking all the wrong questions. I was like trying to help him of like pushing him, do this thing. Like you can make the, our life better or your life better by doing this. Or I just wasn't tuning in to his pain. And I know y'all talk about the Enneagram. He's a seven, mm. which is very pain averse. We'll do anything to not feel the pain. He's a good time, though. He is a good time. He, he is a great time. What are you guys? And you're a three, right, Tara? Yes, I'm a three. Okay. Yep. Uh, we're he, Jeff's an eight, and I'm a one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We have epic fights. And big, yeah. great fights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Which is, you know, like, I, I love the Enneagram because it, once I learned it, it just showed me so much of who he is. And I didn't realize that me trying to help him, because I'm the achiever, I'm like, oh, let's like work through all this stuff and make our lives the best it can be. That I was just adding to his pain constantly. Right. And through that, he was like, he needed to just escape the world at times. And so he did that through looking at porn. And I know porn is a very controversial subject. So just stay with me. Don't tune me out yet. Two years into it, when I found out, it wasn't that I was upset that he had been looking at porn. It was that I was upset that he was hiding something from me, mm. that there was this huge part of his life that I I had I knew nothing about. Mm. And being a couple that had worked together 24 hours a day, like we lived life together deeply. I just felt really stupid that there was something happening that I didn't know. Mm. And so adding that on to like my identity issues, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. If you can hide something from me, I don't want to be in a relationship with you mm-hmm. anymore. I, I trust is just so important to me. And I have so much sexual shame on top of that. Sex has always been a, it had been difficult for I us. I don't know why. I mean, growing up in a church, we learned everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the church taught me so much of how to be a good sexual partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so it's just like we were tapping on each other's like biggest weaknesses without realizing that we were doing it. Mm. Um, And so, yeah. So was that, was there like a breaking moment where the two of you were like, this is done? Almost done. I mean, where, what happened? Separate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Never for me. No. But also, I was, um, yeah, I was going through a lot of just emotional things, uh, a lot of family things that were dwindling, uh, basically lost of loved ones, you know, and just was using porn as a coping mechanism hmm. for a while and just hiding that because, you know, I didn't want to deal. You know, I mean, I don't want to say as of a seven because I think that's there's a lot more to that than just, hey, I'm a number, but um, I didn't want to deal with the pain of kind of confronting all of that. And mm-hmm. so I was like, cool, I'm just going to be over here by myself and um, not have to kind of dump into the, any of that pain stuff. And then one day Tier just asked me, like, are you like, what's going on? Uh, well, yeah, I had felt like I wasn't being a good partner. I'd had a really rough summer. A friend of mine um, had committed suicide. And so I had tapped out 
And so I came to him, I was like, bud, I feel like I've tapped out from our relationship. So if you're struggling with anything, because I've been kind of absent mentally and emotionally from you, I just want you to tell me, you know, like you can be honest with me. And he was. (laughs) Mm. And um, well, initially, and then he had to leave town and then came back. And when I found out it was like a two year situation, I was like, the last two years of our lives have been complete hell. And I didn't realize that this was a contributor to it. Like, I didn't realize that you were escaping when I I couldn't escape. I was pregnant and I was having babies and mm. I was just trying to survive these early years of motherhood and couldn't escape it. And this whole time I felt like you didn't love me. And so I I just, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I can't be in relationship with someone that I can't trust. Um, and... Wes like stepped up, you know, in the way of he showed me that I was worth fighting for. And um, we went to counseling um, immediately. And our counselor was so precious because she was a pastor's wife. So I didn't want to go to her. Like I wanted to go to somebody I could say the F word to as many times as I needed to do. (laughs) And she let me um, because I was like processing the secondary anger. But she was like, y'all have something worth fighting for. Like, if you want to leave him, I get it. I totally understand if you don't want to be in a relationship. But I think you have something here that's worth fighting for. And her saying that, like, giving me like giving me the permission to leave if I wanted to and not judging me for it, freed me of so much. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, maybe we do have something worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We would go to therapy and then we would leave therapy and go to the YMCA parking lot and fight even more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We had some of our worst fights after we left therapy. We were talking about the logistics of what was happening, the logistics of the loss of family and the porn and the loss of identity in our business and in motherhood. But we weren't getting down to, I felt fear that he was going to, you know, leave me. Or I felt shame because he was looking at other women and comparing me to them. Um, I felt lonely because I felt like I had been in this marriage for two years by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were a lot of emotions that I wasn't communicating those emotions. I was just Mm -hmm. communicating, I don't like you. (laughs) You're the worst. Why could you do this to me? Right. And when we finally Which didn't learned, help at the time. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I you know, wonder. just throwing all of that back on top of me just yeah. wasn't <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't at the time we just didn't have the language to like work through this, you know, which mm-hmm. is why we saw a counselor, which we felt shame for going to a counselor. Yeah. Because it's not because mm-hmm. people that go to counselors are messed up. I mean, that's like the stereotype of what we were taught. That was right. that's what you know, like growing up, that's like they have a problem. We, they're, yeah, they're, problem. yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we've worked through all that. Yeah. And mm. things have changed now. Yeah. And Wes wasn't able to communicate with me his loneliness and shame and, and all of that. And so we finally, like, over time, were able to just like move on. I wouldn't say that we had completely healed because those wounds were still there, those sure. emotions were still there. But at the end of the day, we know we're each other's partners. Like he's my best friend, you know, before we go to sleep every single night, like we say, you're my best friend, you're my best friend. And that's how we function. Um, and that he like really showed me that he cared for me and I, I needed that. He like did my love language and all of those things. So we were able to move on from there. Was it hard to kind of regain trust, trust in that especially in the physical relationship side of things? Yeah, for sure. Um, There was definitely a time period that it was hard to regain stress, especially just because I was so insecure in my body um, and felt so much shame just about sex in general. I wasn't good at sex, you know? And so there definitely was a time period where I was constantly questioning him of what are you thinking about? What are you doing? You know, uh, if he took his phone to the bathroom, I was just like flooded, just freaking out. Like, hmm. oh, are you looking at something again? And and not even that. Now I have a different relationship with porn. It wasn't the, again, the porn. It was just the, what are you hiding from me? Hmm. And so I just always felt like there were things happening inside of his head and his body 
that he wasn't sharing with me because I wasn't a safe space for him to share. Wow. So we were just like in this like cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wes, what was like your perspective in like the idea of like coming out of this, proving to her, changing, like what, where, where was your process in that? Well, you know, I remember always thinking like, or, or telling her and our counselor, it was like, like I was just wearing glasses that were just foggy. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of still see my way through normal life. I was just kind of coping and like putting a Band-Aid and masking with things. Um, and, you know, I think that's any addiction, whether it's porn or alcohol or anything that you're using as a coping mechanism at the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, working through that was very difficult you know, not like not looking at porn, but just working through, I was, I was covering up so much pain of what was going on that I had to finally get through that, mm-hmm. which was not fun for me, mm-hmm. um, but very healthy. And so that was just kind of started the process of us like working through like, okay, well, what's going on? And uh, let's just start to uncover this, unwrap it and kind of get to the core of what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was a, pretty long process (laughs) that's not uncommon though that we all have a coping mechanism yeah it's like something happens in our life and we try to retreat it i i mean like and sometimes like literally today it's like college basketball i'm trying to just not think about work or anything and just live in my college basketball world as if the rest of the world just stopped you know so we all find some this is actually true for it's true i pulled him away for this interview (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever it is, like it doesn't like we there isn't yeah. a listener that hasn't at some point tried to retreat life, right? And numb oh, whatever sure. situation is happening. That's that's so common. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that what the par- problem was is that I was being really I wasn't being vulnerable with my wife. You know, the mm, one yeah. person who I, we literally can just share like I mean, you guys can say listen, hey, I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch basketball, you know. Uh, I was just hiding all of that. Like, if you were watching basketball in secret in your closet, you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> be a little weird, anymore. actually. But something yeah. going on with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's right. that is an interesting thing to share because I'm like, I do think we all, if we admit, I don't know if we can admit this or not, but like, there's something I want. There's something that I need. There's something that I desire, and I wonder if. If I can share that even with the person that's closest to me, I doubt totally. that they can handle the thing I want to share. And so I don't share it. And you hide it. And yeah. I hide it. And I, or I get frustrated because I, I, I hope that she would just know that. Right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All those Figure things. Go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The story we tell ourselves. Because yeah. I think we always have the fear of unacceptance, right? Mm-hmm. Rejection. We always have the fear of the rejection. Yeah. And that like, you're not going to accept me for who I am. Mm-hmm. that's tough especially for the person you've chosen to live your life with yeah mm-hmm. or you're gonna try to fix me or get defensive or you know because that's what i was doing even if you had tried to share I'd be like oh let me fix you you know let me just handle this for you um or i was like the queen of being defensive over here <laughs> you know if, if you would come to me and because we were we struggled in our sexual relationship for a long time we were having sex regularly but it was not connected and so even in, in having sex Wes would tell me like this is painful for me i don't feel like you want to be here and i don't feel connected to you and so he would come to me with these things and i would say but i'm having sex with you like just be glad there's so many husbands that wives won't even have sex with them. Like, just be happy that I'm showing up and doing that for you hmm. instead of like being able to tune in to what his heart was trying to tell me. Hmm. And so even if you were sharing, I was just adding to the problem. You yeah. said earlier, Terry, you said, I I wasn't good at sex. Yeah. That was, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody well, I think that's like, like that. culturally or something, everybody says like sex is natural and you should just like, it's almost for like women that this is something that should be normal and embodied and like, but we don't, especially if you grow up in the church and all these things, right. like we're not taught much about Or sex even grow or, up in a family that doesn't talk about it. Or, right, or yeah, right. whatever Grow up in a family that, yeah, exactly. And so, but sex is not 
really natural either. Like it's not you. This is a strange person that I don't understand. Why are you pointing so your finger? My at me body. <laughs> but There's I mean, somebody else in the room. <laughs> yeah, Jeff is a strange person. But what I'm saying is, like, for me as a woman, like, okay, my body, myself, this is natural. This is me. This is an understanding. But this person who I'm supposed to be having sex with, that doesn't feel natural because I don't understand that body, you know? And so it's not natural. We should learn this stuff. Like we should be talking about it and learning it. And how did you work through, Tara, like a lot of that sexual shame that you talk about and that kind of like really prohibited uh, your sex life in the first few years of your life? Yeah. So for me, when by I, few, you mean 10 years, right? 12. So it's, 12 years yeah. Okay. So you guys have a really similar story to Jeff and I with that same thing. So that's why I'm like fascinated by it because we have a very similar story in that way. So, but I would love to hear like how you worked out, out of that scenario. Yeah. So for me, one of my biggest issues around sex is that I like to feel like I'm in control of my body. I am a businesswoman. I love to like appear. I think this is part of my Enneagram 3 too. Like I like to put a blazer on and appear that I have it together. Like a badass. I'm a badass. Yes. And I'm ready to like show up and get a job done. And and sex is like asking me to do the opposite of that. Mm. It's asking me to like be vulnerable and allow myself to give in to whatever control I have. Mm-hmm. And so it was just really tough for me to ever enjoy sex because I was just, I didn't want to allow myself to feel good because to feel good means I needed to give up a little bit of control inside of my body. Mm-hmm. And so for so long, I just, I didn't enjoy it because it wasn't, I, I wasn't getting much from it. Not because this man was not showing up. I mean, really. I was giving something to enjoy though <laughs> every single time. So I don't know. <laughs> It was, it's truly not because I don't want it to sound like you're a bad partner in this way. Like you wanted to learn my body. You were willing to invest the time and I didn't want to give up control. And then we had kids and we've had a lot of them. Like they just kept coming out of my body. So we have four kids and I essentially didn't sleep for a decade pretty much. And so then I'm just tired and that just added to the fact that I don't really care to show up and and let go. And so we ended up actually going through a a course and that really changed things for me. Like a sex course, like with a sex therapist? Yes. With a sex therapist, it started out and it's called the connection codes. And I actually work for them now because it changed my life so dramatically. Okay. So The initial course was they taught about emotional connection. And as I've shared here, like as much as Wes and I connected with each other, we weren't emotionally connected because we weren't getting to the root of our issues and where the emotion lies. They worked on that part of this for us. Yeah. So we had gotten emotionally connected. And so then we went into their sex course where they teach you that in order to have really good sex, you need to be emotionally connected. And I had so much shame and fear and even anger about sex and loneliness because like I'm the only woman showing up here. So you don't know my body and now I have to teach you this. And I women take a long, long time to get going and like all of these things. So I have shame and all of that. And once we were able to figure that out, like things started rocking and rolling immediately. Like within the first week of taking their course, I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. You had to get over the shame of knowing your own body before I could ever do anything that would hundred percent. Yeah. Rock your world here. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, mm-hmm. I guess shame and just that it took so long to get there. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that, that honestly, uh, 2020 was great. It, it was in 2020, uh, and so we were both our, our home <laughs> together. Oh, so you're home. I'm sure there's... We a, were, is there another baby after this one, too? Um, he got a vasectomy. Okay. 2020 <laughs> told me, like, you know, we are completely done with kids, for sure. Um, but The amount of that, people that have better sex after vasectomies. That could be a whole episode, I, actually. I Jeff and I could go on and on about that one. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Let's go. Freedom! <laughs> Freedom! Yeah. But once we learned those tools, 
now, and I'm not saying that we have like rocking sex every single time or anything like that, because we have different styles of how we want to have sex in this phase of life, but we have not had disconnected sex since July of 2020. Mm. And that is something that blows me away because before truly there were times where I was just willing to be a body showing up because I didn't want to deny my husband, you know, but mm-hmm. man, I was causing him a lot of pain mm-hmm. in doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Wes, when she says it was causing you pain, I mean, I think I, I, I can relate with that because I feel like our first 10 years of marriage, there was a similar storyline and Andre be like, what do you have to complain about? You're getting what you want. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. not really. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, you know, I well, get. I guess I got something, but it wasn't everything, right? And I could tell that she wasn't really into it. So I'd love for you to kind of explain from your perspective, like that shift of, of how that changed things for you. Yeah, there's a lot of just not knowing what we were doing. <laughs> and, you know, it was just... What's the difference in like having sex with your wife and masturbating? If I mean, your wife isn't showing up. You know what there. I mean? Like yeah. there was no emotion there for so long. It was like hmm. she was just, we have a coach that likes to call it like a sperm receptacle. You know what I mean? It was just like, ouch. I mean, that. Uh, that's what I was doing. I hate that so much, yeah. but it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's like there was just no emotion there. There's no connection that we literally just human beings long for, you know? Uh, and that's what I wanted for so long and it just wasn't getting it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we went through that course and like, I mean, it was so easy to connect emotionally and then that opened up our whole world. Right. And you also, though, you would tell me you wanted to feel wanted. Mm. Desired. Yeah. You wanted to feel desired by me and by me just like showing up there as, as a body, as a wife, like, that was not showing you that I wanted you, that I desired you, that I cared for you. Pursuit. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. You wanted to feel, yeah, that I wanted you. And, um, and I was not giving you that at all. And something that did shift for me is that in learning that it was just like this aha moment that we've decided to be in a monogamous relationship. That's what we've chosen for our marriage. And because of that, at the end of Wes's life, I will have been his only partner. You know, that I'm it. And how sad would that be for him if he got to the end of his life and like had a really crappy sex life? You know, I would feel so sad for him. And so if I want him to like have this like adventurous part of who he is, I want to show up for him because I care for him, because I want him, because I want him to feel fulfilled. It's not that I'm doing it because I feel like I have to, or I'm doing it out of duty, but I'm doing it because I love him. And I want, I want to him to want me to be his only partner. Mm. And so, yeah. And then then you guys, and then you guys got on the internet and started talking about it in a podcast. So then there's (laughs) that. (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) Which is interesting. I'm curious, like, in the midst that, because I mean, similar story with us, right? Like all of a sudden we get the sex therapist on our podcast and I'm completely embarrassed. Mm. Yeah. Had no shame. I actually didn't have any shame about sex prior to that. But then I will say like when it got on the internet, I was like, I don't know what's going on right now, you know? And, uh. and I'm curious, I mean, I'm curious if, your story is similar to us. When we started talking about it a little bit, the amount of people that wanted to talk about it was endless. Is that fair? Yeah. Totally fair. A hundred percent. And even like a little, not awkward at times, but people that you wouldn't expect to be listening or reading. Cause I blogged for a long time before we had our podcast. Okay. And so I blogged a little bit about sex. And the very first one I did was for my 30th birthday episode of like, okay, I'm about to learn about this sex thing, you know, and dove into what I'm wanting to experience sexually. 
and people within our small town, because we lived in a small town at that time, uh, like the library and stopped me. She was like, I just want you to know. (laughs) (laughs) She's a woman in her 50s, early 60s. And I I just think she's an incredible person. I love her a lot. But I was like, oh my gosh, she read that. I had no idea she read my blog. And um, yeah. And so then when we started talking about it through audio, through our podcast, I was like a whole different world. Mm. Yeah. Totally relate to you there. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Uh, you know, Tira has her own podcast through Connection Codes now where sometimes they talk about like our sex life and Tira always just comes back to me. It's like, hey, we mentioned this today. Just want you to know, is it okay? And I'm like, it's fine. You know, because I, I think where it comes down to is like people will come up to me and say, hey, man, just that helped me a lot. Yeah. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for just openly sharing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. It's worth it. You know? And that's, I applaud you guys too. Y'all do a lot of these conversations on the podcast where just like, hey, let's just have an open conversation about it instead of hiding and feeling lonely. Because uh, obviously, I mean, if we've we've heard from our story earlier, like when I felt that like there's no good that comes from that. From hiding, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that encourages us to kind of talk more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that. also we don't know everything and there's so much for us to even learn today you know what i mean like we are open book uh let me know that sex therapist um that came on your show (laughs) so (laughs) Lori watson she's She's our favorite yeah feel free to ask andre any question about sex she'll be happy to talk to you about that i I, oh i'm I'm ready now (laughs) i mean is there any shame in that that for you there was a lot before yeah not so much uh anymore i think um there are definitely things that like um, will trigger or come up sporadically that I'm like, whoa, I was not ready for that. I don't know where that came from, you know, um, that we still are working from. But, like, it's not just, like, every day, every experience, you know, a constant thing. And I agree in the sense that there was something I had to know about me more and I had to learn me. And I think I had been living a very uh, disembodied hmm. life, like not really connected to my body and my uh, and who I was. And so I had to like learn that and feel confident and good in that um, before I could ever be vulnerable with him and and trust him to then be okay with my body. You know, like I had to be okay with it first. Um, yep. And so that took a long process, took a process, but, um, yeah, I think there's also something I was thinking about when you guys were talking about sex with, you know, when I was telling Jeff, like, oh, back in the day when we were having unconnected sex, it was like, well, you're still getting something out of this, right? I think because my mindset now has shifted or it's changed, like if sex is about like an outcome, Right. So if it's like about this end goal, then like we're never going to be always we're not always going to be in a great place with that. But if it was if it's just about the experience and the journey and the connection and whatever that leads to without this like destination, I think there's a lot more growth and openness and things in that, you know, and and so it's shifted for me like back then I'm like, well, you're fine. You're having an orgasm. Who cares? You know, whereas now I'm like, that's, that's not the end goal, right? Like that's not necessarily what sex is. If, if we're only saying that it's like these parts together, then that's not what this is, you know? I think we can always think to media and TV shows that we grew up watching. And like, when you see sex, it's like always, you know, the woman is screaming and like having the best time of her life. Faking it. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. and so we bring, and then both of them are like, oh man, that's great. And it's like, then it's when, you, when it's in your own, you're like, like, oh, what's happening? Like, what? why is it not that, you know? Yeah. Right. It's just a lot of deconstruction from there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then take that to even more like broader point of view of like queer relationships and all these other things too. It's like that. Is not the the destiny like how how is that going to be only the only way right? If that's the only outcome, then then that means that nobody else gets sexual freedom or sexual pleasure. Like 
that's crazy, you know? So um, I think it's expanded my worldview. No, I I will say, I don't think we really talked about this necessarily on the podcast, but I will say over time, you kind of brought up triggers or different things like we have learned that there's some parts of sex that are that don't work for both of us, you know, and that's been and that's like part of the journey for us. Like, hey, this Andre doesn't like this. Jeff doesn't like that. And then and that, I think, has its own element of freedom in it um, that we've kind of mm-hmm. worked through. I don't know. We haven't talked a little bit much about that. But anyway, uh, OK, different question for you. all uh, You now help lead a company yeah. that talks about sex all the time and talks about emotions and marriage and um connection so, and connection and <laughs> how do you balance work and life when your work is your life like is like is constantly a sampling potentially for your work I don't know if that's come yeah. up at all. That's good. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, well, really even starts back with our original business of Wes and I. We've worked together for, I mean, really up until this last year, 14 years together full time. Mm-hmm. And our business that we had together was still very much a lifestyle business, even mm-hmm. though it was photo and video with our team. We like we've always lived life with people and just shared who we are. And whether that was through my blog or then the podcast, we've just always shown up and been like, we'll share anything of our lives with you. Just uh, we've always had that mindset. And so now leading into this new business, what the business has done for our relationship. So when we went through their system. It's a system created by Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. Um, They taught us something that just took our marriage to this whole other level. And when we went went through, they were only practicing it in their private practice. And I was like, this, this will change the world. Like I need to help you take this online. And um, that's our skill set. We do online courses through our video business. I was a wedding photographer for years. So I love marriage. I love relationships. And I always Mm. said that being a wedding photographer, really, it was just my camera was my tool to let me connect with other couples. My end goal was always just to connect with other couples um, and share like real life with them. I always blogged about our arguments and things like that, even more so than wedding photos. Um, And now this new business allows me to do that on a much higher level. I know that now I'm making an impact on people's homes and relationships more so than just their, uh, you know, having great photos. Mm -hmm. And Wes is just such a trooper. He's like, yeah, show anything. I I mean, again, we go back to 2020 when we first started we worked through their initial course and then the sex course and it changed our life. <laughs> you know, I mean, so much that we moved from the town that we had been in for 18 years, uh, Florence, Alabama to Nashville area so that she could work closer with them mm-hmm. and is now the CEO of that company. And um, so, yeah, and we shot the course, like our, our video production company shot the course. So that kind of brought us in. It was just like a, a meshing of, yeah, all this together. Right. But as far as it even being a sampling into our life, so we use their tool that they've created. They have something that's called the core emotion wheel. And essentially they teach emotional regulation. And so it helps me learn to identify the emotions that are happening in my body and Wes, the emotions happening within his. And then we can share. So we are actually connecting instead of getting stuck in those cycles, like what we were talking about earlier, how, you know, I was thought I was trying to fix him and help him, but it was really just creating a deeper cycle for us. So even right before we came on at about 1230, um, which we met with y'all at 1 p.m., so 30 minutes before we came on here, I've been traveling this week. Wes has been home with four kids. We have not connected. And, and it's spring break. And so it's spring break. When I say I've been home with four kids. You've mm, really yes. been home for four. Yeah. Yeah. Really home. And he's having some work stress right now. I could just tell that he was disconnected. And so I literally just like pulled out this core motion wheel. And for four minutes, we sat, 
We went through the will together. I know exactly what's happening for him in his body. He knows what's happening for me and my body. And now we're connected. Like we, we still need a date. Like we still want to like have more than that. We need to have sex, mm-hmm. but we are not. Uh, when did you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a second popsicle kids. If you just stay. <laughs> Turn the video off guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. And they're gone. And so it's just like, it plays into our lives in such a way that we're not just sharing it with the world. Like, here's what we do, but we're using it on a daily mm. basis to make our lives better. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. What do you think about the phrase work-life balance? What does that mean? And what <sighs> is that something that you just like, kind of looking through the lens of the last five days? Yeah. And, you know, just... when you're sharing all of this, I think to myself, <laughs> I wonder what they think about that. Yeah. Um, we've had, it's been a roller coaster for mm-hmm. us in that. And I would say of all of our trigger topics in our home, that's probably the last one still standing that can cause us to disconnect pretty quickly. I'm hoping we've like, we had, you know, a pretty deep discussion about it a couple of months ago. I think we're in a better place now. But uh, did you want to say something before I go deeper? Well, oh, I could talk about it. Well, I think I think as a achiever that you are like, that's real like that is at the core difficulty, because in your mind, you're trying to win. You're just trying to be at the top of every possible game. Right. Like, yeah, that and that'd be hard. How did you know so much about my wife? (laughs) You know, we've built a business. We we have nine employees and we always, when we hire someone on, we say, Hey, we have a, it's a lifestyle business. Listen, we want you to be home watching the kids when you need to. Uh, And it's very much so of of that. And that's the business that we created together for so long. Uh, And then through, through 2020, 2013, I had a baby and everything shifted. Everything shifted. The life balance had to come in. Basically, you know, I took over the business more. And so Tira lost a lot of identity. Just, I mean, it was Mm. over the, over 10 years almost, you know what I mean? Of her just losing that identity of her, like building this business. So she built the business. I worked for a church. We won America's Funniest Videos. (laughs) And it was the most amount of money we'd ever had in our life. So we... I quit the church. Wait, you won America's Funniest Home You are literally our kids' heroes right now. I mean... They watch every single week. What season are we in now? 97 of AFV? Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember the season. season. or something. Yeah. I feel like it's 20... uh, No, we could because that makes us feel really old right now. Well, we are. Um, I'm joking. But yeah, it was uh, was during the Wisdom Teeth time when like... Oh, that's their favorite videos. I launched the Wisdom Teeth. Like, I think I was one of the originals. Yeah. (laughs) 2010. Yeah. We got to find so this we're clip. Gonna find we're going to find this clip. Yeah, it's called Woozy Woman. Woozy Woman. Uh, <laughs> write that down. Write I'm that writing down. it down. Woozy Woman. My kids are obsessed notes. with this. So you had the most money of your life. Thank you, AFV. Yeah. So we, I quit the job at the church. We traveled Europe and then we came back and like basically she hired me into the company. Um, and then, you know, we started having children. And so she got really busy with the kids and that also like at the same time I was like oh well I need to make up the time that she's gone and then over time like she lost a lot of identity in that and it basically well, our business changed completely it went from photos and weddings to straight video hmm. and stuff that she wasn't really excited about right yeah and so there was just like this huge identity loss and through that Wes's travel schedule increased hmm. Exponentially, like right. exponentially, like, like he, it was a lot of travel, and so I was just home a lot by myself. It was really painful, really lonely, and and yeah, while our sex life was like on top and like we were being connected and everything, we had this juxtaposition of like she had lost so much identity in what she was doing, and I was like working all the time because we weren't sure about our business and what we were doing. So we we're accepting every job we possibly could, um, and I wasn't home a lot. To, to now, I'm, you know, Tira is back on top of where she, as that Enneagram 3 achiever, she's like. I could work 24 hours a day. I love she, it. If she could work more, she would. <laughs> yes. And I'm having a hard time with that, you know, because like she was home all the time and I was gone. And then now 
she's mm. like super busy we're and doing I'm the more flip home flop. With the kids. We're, doing the flip flop. we're flipping it and we're literally in the middle of that right now yeah. and i mean it's it is painful. difficult yeah and is, there's still something to work through that's so interesting to think about the balance like how finding purpose finding identity all those things feel like shifts the balance and and, and there's joy brought to you in your work right and I, yeah that's so fascinating huh. And I love, like I tell people, like, I'm so happy that my wife is like, she was depressed in that and lost a ton of identity. Well, now she's thriving. Right. You know, they're, they're killing it. And I have so much joy in it, but also I miss my best friend. Well, and I'm going to add in here that part of the puzzle is there's this resentment element as well. Right. Uh, you were gone, you know, for the last decade, working, traveling, building this business and brand to where it's like this beautiful business now. And now you want me to slow down when I'm at the beginning of that those stages. Right. And so there's that, there's a f- that shift, that right. pain there. And yeah. also just like a my turn kind of, right? Yeah, Isn't totally. it like and my I turn. think I've even said those words, which are probably not the right thing to say. Hey, I've said them um, a lot. Yes. Hey, we don't need to bring back like old baggage. Yeah. You know, we're yeah, just looking forward. Aren't we look, are we moving forward? Are we? <laughs> we, can, we can talk about it. Well, and now living here, our team is still back in Florence. Okay. And so Wes works remote. He has more time on his hands. If he's not in a meeting, he's flexible. And so he will just like come and stand next to me while I'm trying to work. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> alone. I'm just getting worked at And he just stared. He's like, I felt really sad today because you wouldn't even look at me. And I'm like, Wesley, I am at a job right now. <laughs> so he has like more time than he's ever had, you know, in the last year um, than he's had in the last decade. And he wants a friend. He wants somebody to play with. And I'm I'm not there. It's not me. Pick someone else. I've told people, I'm like, he needs a hobby. He needs another job. Like, let's, he needs to get out of the house some. So, like, I mean, I think else. we dealt with this two months ago. It sounds like it's all kind of resolved based on that like statement. Great. I would say we're pretty much, I mean, it's all figured out at this I, I point. Actually, yeah. I heard her say that. And I was like, oh, did we? <laughs> <laughs> the loneliness that I had for that time. I, I recognize it. That yeah. Was a but it, I mean, we're in the midst of that. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, we can connect on it. We can kind of know where each other are. But to know that we kind of haven't really finished this chapter of the book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're, mm. we're kind of getting comfortable with what that looks like right now. In the middle. I like in it. In the yep. middle. So messy. Well, mm. that leads us to our question we ask every couple, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like a setup for that. And yeah, go for it. Well, is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family? I would say yes, it is. Knowing that we, the tools that we have now that we use, that we are able to connect and, and get to the root of our problems, so we don't get stuck in those cycles anymore, I say yes. Uh, four years ago, I probably would not have said yes. What's your answer? Yes. You yeah. can say no, guys. <laughs> You're allowed to say no as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is a lot of work. Um, I guess there's, there's hope in that, but it is a lot of work. So right now we're also doing 75 hard. Are you guys familiar with that? With what? Um, so <laughs> right 75 now we're hard? Is 75 it? hard. So Tier and I are both in this um, with a group of people. And so we have two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. They both have two 45 minute workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. Oh, wow. A gallon of water a day. Uh, no alcohol. You have to follow a diet. You have to read 10 pages of a book. This and does sound hard. It's hard. It's Why are for you doing such days. hard things. And so I know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like in this past week, just. Being solo with the four kids, like we're catching. This is, hang on, I, 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 I can see how this happened. So one of you guys, <laughs> so you, you had some conversation with a friend. Someone brings it up. Uh, Wes is like, "Oh, yeah, we should go for it. Why not? Like, you only live once, right?" And then, yep. t- and then Tara's yep. like, "Well, well if I'm gonna do it, I'm work. gonna win. Whoever we're yeah. doing this with, I am going to beat everybody. So let's especially make a you, Wes. Let's schedule it." Now there's money. Involved. Yes. And we're going to, whoever makes it is going to win money. A hundred percent. That's exactly what's going down. 
And while we're at it, and while we're at it, we also have to schedule sex three times a day in between the workouts. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, talk about that. But that's like, and I'm going out of town. Oh, that could be called seventy five harder. Oh, oh my god! No, 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 no. So it's sex every day for seventy five days. No, I said it. He said sex three times a day while during the seventy five days. Um, oh my goodness. To come back to that. Yes, I believe it is possible. I mean, we're doing that. Hmm. But there are some hard times. And there's some times, honestly, where like we talked about earlier, where you just want to give up. And then in that in that time where my spouse like gave up, like I pushed, I had to literally just push extra hard, you hmm. know, and make sure that she knew that she was worth fighting for and just giving in that. But I will say just like life of my best friend is really awesome. And I'm willing to do whatever needs to happen to push through that and to experience life in a connected, in a fun way and to have that work-life balance, you know? And I'm going to add to that, that I think the reason that it works is because I'm married to a partner. Like he just got home from the grocery store. He has stuff he will make dinner tonight every night every every, every meal that i eat is because she left that me. <laughs> and um we truly have a partnership at this mm. point in our marriage and so we are able to pick up where the other one needs it's not a question of oh it's just all on me to get everything done we really do try to divide things up equally and evenly and look at each day of, okay, well, today we need to prioritize our kids. We don't need to work today. That doesn't mean we're not changing the world today. That means tomorrow I'm going to maybe work a few extra hours, but we're just super intentional about our time and where we're putting our energy each day because we only have so much energy. And can I just say one more thing about the, um, you know, the traditional male, female roles. I was listening to PT's podcast he did with you guys earlier and he kind of hit on that too. Um, but, you know, I am okay. It may be tough in the moment where, like, a tear is now kind of working a lot more. And I'm totally okay with that. But there will be, like, um, what's the right word? Strife in the middle of that. And, like, some, we kind of have to navigate the new paths, you know, mm-hmm. of that. So, like, we're just in the middle of that right now. Yeah. You know, and so I'm feeling, you know, fear in that, some hurt and some sadness in that right now. But, like... I am totally, I'm so, I have so much joy that Tira is like thriving right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're just navigating what that looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But totally th- this whole like traditional male, female roles. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I hate that. I you know what I mean? say that. I'm sorry. I, I can take care of my You're kids great. solo. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's so funny that like uh, men will come up to me. One time we were in the national park. I take my boys on a national uh, park trip every summer. So it's just me and the boys. And I had one of them changing a diaper. And uh, in the bathroom, some guy comes up and he's like, man, I would never do that. I'm like, do what? He's like, change, change my kid's diaper. A man and I was said that? Like, yeah. It's happened a couple times. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I was like, you, you wouldn't change your like kid's diaper? He's like, no, that's my wife's job. <laughs> I was just floored. But that's that still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if these people are listening to your podcast. <laughs> you I know, but that's still, I hope so, too. But like break that down, these gender identity roles, you know, yeah. and like just step up and just do what you got to do. And now it's time for the breakdown. Whew. They were so vulnerable and honest. I don't think that honestly, I was thinking back through all of our podcasts and I don't know if we've had anybody really share like pornography. We or- have. Things like that. Well, just that open and honestly Mm -hmm. with that, I just, I don't know. I was just, I was really impressed, but also like just this idea of like escaping our emotions and whether it's porn or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like we all have probably something that we use to escape those emotions Mm. in some way. And I mean... That can be food, that can be books, that can be uh, exercise, that can be whatever it is, uh, TV or movies. I don't know. I just think we all use something sometimes. And maybe it is wise to like take a look at yourself when those things become a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things that was really encouraging for me to hear is that you know you can you can get beyond moments like that mm. in marriage. Like, we, I think we all have times and seasons in marriage where there isn't a connection. Mm. There's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's I mean, on a daily basis, it could be like work is over-consuming you or over-consuming me, and we have to find ways to kind of numb ourselves um, to just get through the day. Or maybe it's there's a loss in your family and you're trying to be... Like, things affect that. But guess what? Like, there is the opportunity for you to re-engage each other again. It's not easy. And sometimes those are rituals daily, but for them, it was a series of, I think, a couple of a longer time. Um, but then they put in the work and now things are better. I also, I mean, I also loved that they shared so honestly about how their sex life was not great. Mm-hmm. And they put in the work and it changed. Right. Right. And I mean, we've had a lot of couples talk to us about how it's not working for them. Mm-hmm. But it's not common that they have gone out of their way to work at it and to get some help and to learn new things. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I just, I would be careful in that. I don't think that it works for everybody and I don't think it's supposed to work for everybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's not working, have you tried to get help? Yeah. And they did. They put themselves out there. And they got help. Yeah, and I think they both had to look at the relationship and both of them had to make a decision that this was worth fighting for. I think that's That's part of it. That's a good thought. And I don't think that that happens in every relationship. Oh. I don't think both people... That's where the gap is. Yes, I think that there's always... that Not always, but there could be, which I think this is where some relationships may not work out is that it's not worth it for somebody to put all that effort in in the very first place. So that's why they're not putting in the work and therefore the relationship doesn't last. Which that's that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not saying that if a relationship doesn't work that there's a problem with the people or whatever. I'm just saying it- I'm not listen, I want to tell you what I am saying. What I am saying is I don't commonly see two people that are struggling whether it's sex or something else. It's it's more uncommon that they actually put the time and energy mm-hmm. and work to address some of the things that are the challenges. And that's what I love about these two. Yeah. No, I agree is with that. They invested in each other. Yeah. It's true. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. I also, I mean, I loved like what she had to say a lot about with the sex stuff, about that for her, um, she had a lot of difficulty just being vulnerable and letting go because she had a lot of like control type of issue things. And so I just thought that was really interesting with that part is that you do have to be so vulnerable often for you to have an emotional connection as well as a physical connection. So, and that's really hard to do if you have a lot of insecurities within yourself and if you have a lot of sexual shame and if you have a lot of, it's really hard to just be open and vulnerable in in that space, you know? Yeah, and I mean, if that's something that is something you need to work on. I mean, this they have this organization called Connection Codes. Yeah. And they have these master classes that address some very specific needs I think that couples have or individuals have. Mm-hmm. And so I think you should check that out, connectioncodes.co, right? Yes. And we're going to try it out. Yeah, they gave they us a... We're sen- they're letting us try it out too. And we're going to check it out and see how it helps us in any way that it can. And I think... Just like they said that even that they had some shame with going to counseling, but how much that that like saved their relationship and their marriage. I think that 
doesn't matter if you think you have a problem or you don't have a problem or you know you have a major problem. I think this would be beneficial for anybody. That's good. Well, it's been an awesome episode. I'm really thankful to Tara and Wes. And um, wow, I guess that's another episode of Love or Work. Work. was recorded by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.